Yo Pots. Check out Meet Mitch and Leawood for award-winning barbecue, outstanding atmosphere, and your destination to watch all your favorite March Madness action. Tailgating for opening day? Place your order online and pick up on way to the game. Meet Mitch Barbecue, East 95th and Mission in Ranch Martin North Shopping Center. Good morning, Kansas City. This is the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jake Gutierrez on this Freaky Friday, Red Friday, Super Bowl Friday, February 9th, 2024. Today on the show, we'll have Stan Weber in studio for about an hour and a half. Then we're going to play all of our Chiefs interviews. We played a couple yesterday. We held back a couple. We're going to play them all in case you missed them. Creed Humphrey, Justin Reed, Trey Smith, Felix Andy D.K. Uzama, Nick Bolton, Noah Gray, yes, Kadarius Tony, Reshi Rice, who apparently got stepped on at practice. Hopefully he's going to be okay. Don't like to hear that, but in the words of uh, Kadarius Tony, he should be good. Todd Lebo will check in with us live from Las Vegas, where he's been covering the Chiefs and everything on Radio Row all week long. And then Tim Grunhard will be on the phone with us in the 9 o'clock hour, taking us up to the end of the show and the weekend and finally getting ready for Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So there you go. Jake, did you end up going out to uh, Tequila Harry's and supporting Mike Boddicker? I did not. Uh, I'm a failure. As Nate Bucati and his family were walking out, uh, me and my family were walking in. So. It, was, it, was like, uh, it was like a tag team thing. We tagged out. Checking right. in, checking out. St. John came in to finish the deal. Had my dad with me, had the girls with me. We had a basketball game at St. Teresa's, so... We, uh, right after that, we just headed out there. We got there about 7.30 or so. Wonderful yeah. night. Hey, at least Mike knows two of us support him. That's right. right. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. yeah. Could have been none. Could have been one. It's two. Yeah. Majority rules. Plus our whole families. You right. Know, so we traveled in packs. Yeah. Delicious dinner. Great crowd. I get more credit because I traveled further, but. Yeah, for sure. I care more. Yeah. I don't. I don't deny. Apparently, that. Apparently, a lot more than Jake. So well, you you win. You're the winner. He was hurt. He had. He he wondered where you were. So Mike knows I love him. Mm. Support him. I would have been there for the if I could have. Bluma. We miss Bluma. But uh, we had a chance to sit down and talk with the Bodikers for a while. So that was good. Yeah, we were there late. There was uh there was a wait when we got there because the place was so so uh, so busy. It was yeah. great. Got to call ahead, buddy. Boddicker pulled some strings for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I got some funny looks and we walked in there and there was a table with a reserve on there. Hey, <laughs> hey man. Got to call ahead when you're going that far. But I love Tequila Harry's and I love the Boddicker family and uh, the Boddicker Foundation. And so that was good to be able to do that last night and have a uh, wonderful dinner out of Tequila Harry's. And a portion of the proceeds from yesterday went to the Boddicker Foundation. 
Voice is getting a little bit better every day, buddy. You want to see a voice specialist today, after the, right after the show. I have an appointment across the street at uh, right. 11.15. Okay. Because so, it's, not, it's not getting better quick enough, and there's too much pain involved with it. Okay. Shouldn't hurt to talk this much. Yeah, no. You know? yeah, good thing you're getting it checked out. Yeah, my 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 wife, uh, she pretty much let me have it about this thing. So I kept telling her, like, I don't need to go, I don't need to go. And so finally she goes, you're going. And so I mean, I'm thankfully they didn't get there or get me in right away. But I, this is bizarre, I don't know. I mean, at least I can talk now. But then it goes out and goes, and says, I can't keep doing this. Although you'd like me to, I'm not going to. So we'll see. Hey, man, this is my moneymaker. Yep. You know, of my wife, right? I gotta, uh, you gotta protect the money maker. I gotta take care of it. So we'll know later. Get everything taken care of. Get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl. It's here. This has been a long week, man, waiting for this game. I mean, it's been two weeks, but last week I thought it flew by, but this week it's just been dragging. You know. It's been a grinder. It's been a grind. Yeah. Running on fumes. Are you? Are you? I am. Really? I feel like I've gotten less sleep this week than I have in a long time. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Nervous about the game? Hard to fall asleep? No, I mean, I don't have a problem falling asleep. Just my days are full. I mean, just Mm. here late a couple days. But it's good. It's a good problem to have. Yep. Friday. I killed a couple hours yesterday painting some Super Bowl logos on the field in the backyard. That was fun. And changed the logo at midfield to the NFL logo. Hadn't done that before. That was a good way for me to pass some time. I saw that. Try to get some kids in the neighborhood to come play a game today. I was like, damn, I wish I had that much time. <laughs> that looked like it was intricate. Took a couple hours. Yeah. And I just freehanded it, so it's not like... It's impressive. I thought he was just shot at Nate just now. Yeah. He <laughs> wishes... All kinds of free time. You, 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 you do those passive-aggressive shots, too. At me, like when I talk about watching TV shows. I think it's good. I don't, I don't know where you get the time. That's not the time. I've got kids. Go, do you? I don't feel like What's I say that. Yeah, you do. Sure, you do. I mean, I'm I sure catch it all the time. I'm what do you? Sure. I don't, I don't, we don't have time. We're, we're, we're you know, we're. You adults. wouldn't do it if you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I'm. I, it's like after 9 p.m. What else are you doing? Are you? You know, shoot, I can't get my kids to bed by nine. Yeah, jarring. jarring well, that, my kids don't go to bed at nine either. I, yeah. I just go in the to watch TV. Hey, we're gonna watch the show. I we, have no get, issues with your, your television we get, watching. We get interrupted for forty-five times a show, you know. But so what? Yeah. But that's yeah, you know. But, but clearly that was a shot from Jake. Yep. I wish I had the time to do something like that. I don't. Yeah, I, I, you know, I spend two hours jarring bone broth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I see. I free time. Two hours of free time for me because I didn't do that. Right. So. There you go. Yeah. We're here. Where's my ginger and cayenne pepper shot? I got it right here for you, buddy. Let's do it on the air. Come on. You want it? Yeah. I will say, dude, I, I had to, okay. I had to fight back. Uh, I didn't bring you one. I don't think because I felt like you didn't really. Uh, I didn't, you didn't respond it. well. There was about a five to ten minute stretch where I thought I might throw up. <laughs> really? It was it was it was jostling around down there. Wow. Really? I got a sensitive tummy. You know that. 
Like what part of it was it? Just spicy? I don't know. Spicy? I don't know was what it, it was. I, I I've been trying to do just, the intermittent fasting thing, so I have empty stomach. Tell explain exactly and, what's in it. It's it's not. There's only like a couple of ingredients. Yeah, it's just right? three things. Yeah, it's, just, it's a ginger that I juice, and when I'm juicing it, I pour water in the juicer. Okay, fresh ginger, and then cayenne pepper. That's it. And and, and your your special water though. Kangen water, right. that's right. Not just water. Not no, tap hydrogen. Water. It's electrolyzed, reduced water. And so I've been taking these with you every day. So what is what, what's the uh, benefits? Well, cayenne's great for your stomach. It's okay. great for your blood. And then the yeah. ginger is good for your immunity. Ca- cayenne is a wonderful herb. People think it's you know, immunity, gut health, and this gives me a little kick. It's good for your blood, and you know, I mean, I like it. Healthy blood. How, how, does it make you feel good? You like it? Yeah, it gives me a little pep in my step. And I don't know, maybe it's a placebo effect, but I mean, I, anything that can help with my immune system and my gut health, right? It is good for your gut health. It will. All right. Where are you going? I thought we were doing this on the air. Maybe he's going to work that camera what? in there, too. Oh, he's going to, yeah. He's going to put himself on the air in there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Cheers. Cheers, friend. Yeah. To Chiefs win. That's right. Here's to another Chiefs Super Bowl victory with this ginger cayenne pepper shot. All right. (laughs) On the hatch. It stings the nostrils. It does sting the nostrils. Mm. Yeah. Boss, you know we're finally here, right? Well, we... It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday again. I feel like it's like a good reset your system or something. I don't know. Yeah, wakes you up. It wakes my it wakes my face up. Yeah, it does wake you up. Honestly, Jake, I there was just a, a quick stretch where I thought I might be throwing up here, but then after I got past that, everything was good. Yeah. Feels like I can breathe fire right now. I feel like it probably is very good for you. It is excellent for you. I hope so. I've been taking it every day. <laughs> That's the hope. So yesterday, I uh, was listening to different interviews and comments on uh, Radio Row. And no, none of them had to do with any players looking like assassins or no one was compared to Lee Harvey Oswald or anything like that. Kind of disappointing. I... Um, I've enjoyed. We can play the short one and the long one. I sent you the, the shorter version, the long ones. Whatever, whatever. You're the producer. I'm not doing your job. Um, I think Steve Young at, at, at times has interesting things to say. I like to hear from him. Um, he was obviously a hell of a quarterback, Super Bowl winner, and the couple of times I've sat down with him out in Lake Tahoe, he's always been I thought really engaging and gives really thoughtful answers, and I think it's interesting. He was on. This is, the, 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 I like that show. This is football with Kevin Clark. He gets good guests, and I think he asks interesting. Uh, he asks interesting questions, um, and gets. I think he gets good answers out of his guests. And so he had Steve Young on. Um, which one? Which one do you want to play? Short or long? We'll play the two minute and twenty four right, second go. one. And so, this one was described as uh, Steve Young talking about the Chiefs. And Taylor Swift, and how her presence went from distraction to superpower, in his opinion. Let that kill me. Can I, the people are going to think this is goofball. <laughs> Taylor Swift coming to the games and being, you know, dating Travis, 
put a huge burden on the team. It wasn't anyone's fault. It's just the nature of the whole thing. It's a distraction. And you could see the weight of that in the first half of the season. What I saw towards the end of the season is now an ownership of that distraction mm-hmm. to where it's now a superpower. Because of that, that you just said, there's that maturity. Again, we keep saying the word maturity with Patrick and with, with Andy and with everybody. And I think that's why the Chiefs have become so... Like, they went and took it to the Ravens at home when the Ravens looked like they were going to run over everybody. And I think it's that mature factor and the, and the power that they have to look at the context of the moment, see the 49ers for who they are, see who we are. How do we make sure that we don't get taken advantage of? That's a maturity that most teams don't get to. Do you really think, like, you know far more than me, but... A distraction like Taylor being in the box that that can actually seep into the locker room. Hundred percent, because every when you're that famous, everyone's now Twitter painted players, okay. equipment men, coaches, staff, people in the lo- like locker room attendants. Everybody's yeah. Twitter painted, so it creates its own energy and drama and distraction. It's just inevitable. The idea that you didn't feel. That weight on that team the first half of the season is just not in reality. And so I just, I am, I, I really feel like one of their, why they're coming in this game in a really powerful position is handling that unique challenge. That's interesting. In a way that, like, you saw the championship game on the thing and Andy's pointing at her and she's pointing back. Like, they're part of the, she's part of the family now. Wow. And, and that, that's a powerful place rather than a distraction. It's now your distraction. Right. It's not mine. And I, think, I, I think they're much more dangerous today for the Super Bowl because of that. That's fascinating. I, I thought they were less dangerous the first half of the season because of that. I will say that you're right. There will be people who think that's goofball. But I, 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 that's... I look, I'm about, I'm about psychology and players yeah, yeah. and how players take stuff in and what distractions do. And, and I can tell you that there's a, there's a power, empowerment that's come through dealing with this throughout the season. So I'm not here to tell you I agree with this or disagree with this. I thought Jake would get a kick out of that because he's talking about the psychology of it. Uh, and I and I and you know me well enough to know that I do strongly believe in the human element of sports, and that's why I and look I hey I, I, I analytics are important. They have a huge place in sports and evaluation. But I always shun the idea that you just overlook the human element. And I do think there is such a thing as, as as being clutch and certain players, certain human beings being able to perform at a higher level under pressure than others. And that it's it's more than just talent. It's psychological. It's the ability to handle pressure. Look, there are people, if you're sitting in your office right now getting ready to go to work, there are people that, you know, if there's a big deadline or if there's some type of drama, or if there's some type of uh, w- w- big project that needs to be done, you know that there's some people at your job that are going to perform better under a deadline or perform better under pressure than others. And you know there's some people that'll crack. There's people around here that are better at working under pressure and with deadlines than others. It's, that's that's That's... That's life. Part of someone's makeup, you know? And that's also, you know, listening to um, you know, different people talk about, uh, like, with the, with the Royals, you know, how the Royals are adding uh, so many to their 
R&D department, you know, and, and adding, adding, you know, putting more emphasis in analytics, but also putting more emphasis in behavioral science. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and trying to dig into the person to unlock every possible, um, every possible facet of what can make an athlete better. Full potential. Right. To, to reach someone's full potential. And so I, I, I will. I thought you would like that because Steve yeah. Young. I like Steve Young. Kind of gets into. And there's another clip we can listen to later that's longer that he talks a little bit about why or how Mahomes and Kelsey and the offense got better as the season went along. But that clip there, it just I don't know. It's it's different. We we hear the same things over and over again, regurgitated throughout the week leading up to the Super Bowl, and that was something. Very unique, different. That I, I'll, I'm not, I'm not gonna say I, I believe it, but I'm not gonna tell you that he's wrong either. Well, there's, there's a few things that have happened through the course of the year to me that support his hypothesis, and you know, you look back at the way the whole thing unfolded with this starting in the preseason with Travis coming out saying that he had tried to reach out to Taylor at the concert and he got shunned, and then it was really early in the season when she, that they first, you know, connected, and. I think early on, you're kind of everybody's kind of like, is this is this a real thing? Is this going to be a real thing? Is this a publicity deal? What is it? And and then I think you could tell from Travis Kelsey's podcast, you get some real glimpses into those. That's one of the reasons their podcast is so popular, right? Because those guys are real on the show. You could Travis Kelsey sounded tired of a lot of things during the middle of the season on that show. Right. You know, and you wonder if that, that whole that burden, that's what that's what that's what Steve Young called it was a burden. If that if that wasn't it kinda sounded that way when you listened to it. And then uh, all of a sudden it seemed like it became more positive. I'll take that a step further. Okay. Um Jake, you weren't around. But you'll you'll I think you might have heard me mention this a couple of times. When we were out in Lake Tahoe at the American Century Championship there was, you know, obviously a massive amount of attention around Mahomes and Kelsey. And so, for like, for example, there, you know, in my dream, you know, if, if, I'm not a big golf guy, but if I was ever going to be excited about watching, uh, you know, a threesome play a round of golf, it was Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> You know, it's like yeah. it's like it's like God said, "Hey, Stephen, watch this." <laughs> so excited you can get. Um, but you could tell throughout the week that the media attention, and this was this was back in July. Travis wasn't loving it, right? Mm-hmm. And then even on the last day, we were. Scheduled this is NBC Sports that scheduled the time for us because you have to go through them. It's a weird deal. Then I'm going to ask him a few questions, but first he has to go on with Kansas City via satellite, and then he's got to go on with Philadelphia, right? And you can tell he just wants to get out of there. He just wants to get out of there. He just wants to get out of there. And the, whoever was on the other end in Philadelphia would not stop asking him questions. Over and over, and I think there might have been a question in there about the, you know, the holding. You really think that was holding at the end of the Super Bowl, and then his brother. And you could tell he wanted to get up. You know, he's sitting there like a little director chair, and you, he, you know, he can't see who he's talking to, whatever. And so, and then we were going to go last, 
And I kept looking, and Ben Messer and I were there with a video camera, and I had the mic, kept looking, and we had to go catch a flight, too. I said, we are going to get uh, about 90 seconds with him if we're lucky, right? And so finally, just, and we waited, we we chased us around for like an hour and a half, two hours. It was the last thing we were going to do before we were leaving Lake Tahoe and going back to Kansas City. And so then he finishes with Philadelphia, and uh, and even the NBC guys, ah, we're, he's probably out of time. I said, screw it, I've been sitting here, I know him well enough. I said, hey, Travis, can we just get, like, two or three questions with you? You know, and he's always cool about it, always, you know, uh, willing to talk. And he just kind of goes, oh, you guys are killing me. And he was, you know, it was just like a moment where you could, he was just fed up. And it wasn't really with me. It but It was just all of it. Yeah, if I'd have gone first, then maybe yeah. that reaction would have went to the guy in Philadelphia. Yeah. I said, man, I get it. I said, I said. I'm tired of it too. I'd like. To, I'm going home after this. I just want to go home. Uh-huh. I was like, basis. I said, I really, I kind of don't want to talk to you either. I want to go <laughs> home, but I'm being asked to do this. He goes, he's all right, man. It's cool. Just walk with me. And so I walk with him. Talk to him about playing golf with Canelo. Talk to him about you know, you'd be ready for training camp. The, the interview's probably in there somewhere. It was just like one or two minutes walking back to the locker room. Totally cool. It was great. And then afterwards, you know, kind of, you know. Shook my hand, gave me a hug. Man, it's all good, man. He was a lot of stuff going on. But I, I'd never really kind of seen that, right? Yeah. And then you get to training camp. And a couple of times he got into it with defenders and they are trying to slap the ball out of his hands, right? And he was edgy. So he's, whatever it was from July on, he, he was a little different. Mm-hmm. And it went into the season, he was a little different. We saw that, and he dealt with the injury right off the bat. They kept him out of the Detroit game, and I think that kept him, that affected him, that injury affected him longer than we think. You remember how pissed off he got at the end of the Jacksonville game? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, he had to be separated from one of the players. He got in a, a, a dust-up there because he thought they were taking shots at him and taking shots at his leg, which they were, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think part of it, what Steve Young is saying also, it's just not the Taylor Swift thing. She and her involvement and the fact that the Chiefs are defending Super Bowl champs and people are sick of Travis and Patrick in every commercial, right? Mm -hmm. They officially turned into the villains of the NFL this year. And there's a certain way to handle that. And I think that might have been slightly part of the weight, you know, because it just that it it was different. Because and, and then, you know, when you got all the rest of the world watching you, and everyone else, and then people, this could be a dynasty, this could be a dynasty. It was like a different level. I, I feel like this is, was the year they transformed into uh, the Patriots as far as how everyone hated them. And now everyone wants them to lose. And now everyone's tired of them. And, oh, now they're on there with Taylor Swift. Oh, the NFL loves them. Oh, every commercial here is, you know, because remember all the commercials kind of blew up for Travis this year too, right? Yep. And these everywhere, the Patrick Mahomes, the people were, were done with it. So I think that was part of... I don't know what Steve Young said, the, the, the weight of what they were dealing yeah, with, the, the burden weight, or part yeah. of it. But kind of like what Mahomes said, you know, if, if you need me to be the villain, I'll be the villain. And I think the Chiefs finally got comfortable with that role, figured out who they were, their identity on the field and off the field. They figured out who they were on the field. They embraced who they were off the field. And now you ain't going to beat them. All right, and now in two days they'll be lifting that Lombardi Trophy again. You want a villain? You want them to be a villain? All right, now you got a villain on your hands. All right, and they're going to put it on you. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHB.
I mean, I've been here 13 years with him, and he's never got off track. This has been a constant incline of, uh, of greatness, and I've been very fortunate to be under his kind of uh, – him overlooking my career, uh, helping me out both on and off the field as a professional, as a human being. And um, it's just been uh, – I owe so much to, to him and his success and – or in our success and um, – just extremely, extremely fortunate that I landed here in Kansas City 13 years ago to be able to build this thing with him like this. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you so much for joining us on this Red Friday, Super Bowl Friday, February 9th, 2024. Stephen St. John and Nate Buchanan with Jacob Terrace now joined by Stan Weber. Stan, good morning. How are you? I'm great. Good morning. Super Bowl's in a couple of days. Great sad time for me. So only a couple days left in the season, huh? Yeah, it's hard. Well, the off season's always. I get know. that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. No, I'm so excited for the Super Bowl, and it doesn't matter if the Chiefs are in it or not. I mean, I would be so excited for the Super Bowl that everyone else around the community is joining in is just incredible. That they're interested in what we are interested in. That's the thing I took in yesterday yeah. for the first time in a long time because you're so busy working and doing your thing. And for some reason, I walked into a downtown office building, you know, fancy office buildings downtown, and it's just chiefs everywhere. It's things set up for, for chiefs and people wearing the gear. And then I just realized, wait a second, how lucky are we? Because my excitement level, if it's 1 to 100, if it's 100, there, you know, I can't have much more appreciation and I, I thought, it sounds cocky or almost bad, but it's amazing that they love what we love. And if they were a zero, they're a 15. And if they were a 50, they're a 85. And if they're a 75, they're a 100 as well. Everyone's so excited about the Super Bowl. We've gotten so used to this. We know what you need to do to be excited about the Chiefs. You know the players well enough. We are not uninformed fans. I mean, everybody, everybody, the least interested, the middle interested, they are experts on what the playoffs are like, what it's like to get ready for a Super Bowl. There's just an appreciation for football and the Chiefs. It might be just the Chiefs for a lot of people. It may be a local community thing. But, man, it's a really great local community thing. And they are pulling together in the community talking about what we like. And rather than I hear some of my buddies criticizing almost, like, did you see that reporter on TV acting like she – you know, as a Chiefs expert, and you get a lot of that. Like, you see a, a Chiefs show on TV, and it's hosted by the news crew, not the sports people, the news crew. And, I, and I, some of my sports friends are like, come on, man, what are they doing up here talking to us about the Chiefs? But I'm sitting here with the opposite mentality of how great is it that everyone from the highest paid employee at the television stations in the region, in the region, want to be in Las Vegas or doing a game show, uh, a pregame show on Sunday. How cool is that? They're coming over because we would be talking about it no matter who was in the Super Bowl. And we'd have some fun with it. So I just think it's amazing. It really hit me yesterday how engaged everyone is around here, how beautiful the weather is here. And when you think about if there's a parade next Wednesday, how great those parades are, and then you add nice weather. Because I remember how cold it was last time even though it was less than a year ago, it's pretty cold out there. People came. We had a good time. But can you imagine if it's Royals-like? Remember how beautiful the parade was yeah. in 2015? Yeah, it was warm the that weather day. Yeah. was A+. 
This is going to be A-plus February weather if it's 50-plus degrees, and the Chiefs are doing a parade. So, uh, no, I think it's really, really great. I'm super excited. I don't know how I can get more excited just because, like I said, it's the Super Bowl. The only thing in the back of my mind is the sadness I'll feel about 11 o'clock at night going, I can't believe there's no more football games. Oh, at 11 o'clock at night, things might just be getting started. The explosions are going off in my neighborhood. (laughs) The fireworks. It'll be fun to talk about for a week. And, again, everyone's so engaged, we'll have a blast, right? But I'm just saying, deep down, I'm going, next Sunday, there are not going to be NFL games. And it's so exciting for me to go to church on Sunday and go watch the NFL. After taking in all I did on Friday night, high school, Saturday, college football. I mean, it's all, it builds on itself, right? But then you get settled in and watch the National Football League, and it doesn't die because Monday night still has a little extra. You know, a little bit of ice cream after you had a giant, awesome meal. Ross Tucker was on the show. Was was it last week? Ross Tucker was on the show last week, and he said something that I think uh, was perfect. He also tweeted it out when somebody was somebody had uh, tweeted him and said, "I coach middle school girls flag football, and the impact that uh, the whole Taylor Swift phenomenon is having on on the girls, and the game should not go unnoticed. Interest for next season is double uh, from what it was for last season, and girls are just want to play football are interested for watching this." And he said, "And I think this would, you would share the sentiment because this is exactly the way I feel." Ross Tucker said, I love football. I want as many people as possible to experience it in as many ways as possible. And so if she's bringing more people into a sport like this, and he's served her several anecdotes like this, it's a huge positive. And the way I look at it, look, my girls and, and Susan, they're already engaged because they love Kelsey and they love Mahomes. But they're even more excited. And I can't wait also to see how many people watch this Super Bowl because it's going to – I mean, it, it's going to blow away whatever the the most watched Super Bowl is because there's so many people in this unique season that have been introduced to football in a way that I mean, it's, even even her, you see how she acts like us crazy during the game and everything else, and people say, "Oh, so this is what everyone loves. This is why it's so exciting." Now, when you're watching the Chiefs, you're getting a little, you know. If you're forced to watch Carolina Panthers football every week, maybe you wouldn't love it as much, right? But especially, like, think about the emotions of this Chiefs season and some of the heartbreaking losses, and then they they figure things out, and then they go in the playoffs, and then they're underdogs. I mean, how exciting has this been, right? Even for all of us, it's been different. It's been it's been unique, and so I just love the fact. Like, like you, you know, my dad was never a football guy growing up. He liked the Royals and he liked uh, the Woodlands. He liked the Dogs. Well, he did. He did well. Uh, and so um, here comes Woody. Right. Uh, but even to hear him, like last night we had dinner at Tequila Harry's. You know, he asking me about the game. This only started happening since Mahomes started playing. Right. What do you, you know, he loves Andy Reid. He goes, what, "What do you think? What do you think about Kelsey?" Like, what, you know. Just, just the fact that he's trying some generic questions, thinking, "Oh, my dad's asking me about football. I love this." And so it's just, I, I get such a kick out of it because, like us, we're gonna love it. We're gonna talk about it. But especially this year, I've had so many people that normally don't ask me about football or don't care as much that are just so locked in. I'm like, "Damn, are we for people to love football? This is the best place in, in the world to be, right?" There are no dumb questions where you don't say, "Well." 
I hear people make comments, and you could laugh because they are a little uninformed about what they're talking about. I'm just enthusiastic that they're enjoying it. But yeah. I, I believe this. There are certain things that I've believed my whole life. And one of them is I, I told my wife, for instance, when we got married, you don't have to act like you like football. You don't need to spend time with me enjoying football and sports. There's, you don't need to do that at all. But I'm telling you, when you have a chance to get introduced and engaged in football, you're going to love it. I don't care if it ever happens, but I guarantee you it will pull you in because it is great, especially on TV. The production, it is a team game. It has everything, the enthusiasm. Usually, like for my wife, I said, if we have boys and they play football, that's when you'll you'll buy in. And she did. I mean, right, right when she could start understanding the game was when she was watching her kids and understanding how – emotional it is like they buy in mothers buy in with their sons very easily because they realize the physicality of the game and they're not scared of the physicality they respect it though they're like you can get hurt out there you better be engaged so when they see their son fired up the night before like jake eating this junk whatever they want to eat if it's a good luck food or whatever they're like let's go and they are out there rooting for their kid and their team and talking about the game and it happens over and over and over again. And once they get engaged in there, they appreciate the game. If there's any chance to like follow an NFL team, you don't have to do it by watching every minute of every game. But I've, it's just awesome. It's the best game. It takes everything you have. Because if you have a, 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 a interest in big old dudes or little fast dudes, it doesn't matter. You need everybody. Jake likes the big old dudes. Yeah. Those are his favorite. <laughs> the big uglies. I, Isn't, that, I, yeah. Isn't that right? I think one of the things that is so fascinating about how this sport has has just absolutely become the passion of this country, it's a very complicated sport. It is not an easy one to just start watching and understand what's going on right away. You talk to somebody from another country or somebody who hasn't watched it before, and you try to start explaining the game to them, and you realize how complicated the game is. The guys are covered up. You don't even get to see their faces while they're playing. You don't even – they try to hide where the ball is from you. There aren't many other sports where people are literally trying to hide where the ball is. You know, like the other sports, you know where it is all the time. And – all the different. I mean, the rule book is incredibly complicated. The, the schemes and the, like what they're trying to do on the field is incredibly complicated. Yet there are millions upon millions of people that are invested in every single moment of it, which tells you something right there. And for the people like you're talking about, how's it compared to soccer? I have no comment on that. Um, <laughs> boy, and by the way, this whole analogy I was making, I was going to use that, and I can't do it. But. Um, why can't you do it? Oh, we'll tell you the next segment. I lost a bet. Oh, appreciate okay. Your darn Wildcats yeah. robbed because me of case, that. Because Casey BKU, he, he's not allowed to talk about no soccer, soccer the whole week. Yeah. Shane really? Summers, yeah. they made a bet, and Shane Summers said if K-State wins, what he wanted was he can't mention soccer the whole week. And he actually mentioned it yesterday, so he's penalized another week. I actually, yeah, I, I slipped up. Oh, boy. So... I've been trying to beat him. Too, I enjoyed like that. that win on Monday. I didn't know I should enjoy it this much. Yeah. <laughs> you had no idea. It's the greatest win in Stan's life. <laughs> that was the most impactful win on the Border Patrol ever. We should probably break this, it at this point. Everybody, well, this is. Hey, Nate, on Monday, Nate. every man really was a wild cat. <laughs> Nate, this actually makes everybody happy because. All the people who love soccer will realize how much they miss that you don't talk about it. Is that right? Okay. Okay. And those who don't have that level of appreciation will absolutely enjoy that they don't have to go down that path. So everybody's going to be happy about this. Oh, boy. I know Shane Summers was. We'll take a break back after this on WHB. Oh, 
Um, well, for a lot of guys, especially when you're uh, it's your first time going through that training camp, you don't really you don't realize exactly why you're working so hard or why you're doing the the long drive drills and um, you know just just why Coach Reed has his his camp the way it is um, until you get into those games where you know you need to take it up a notch and uh, you've you've already done it in practice a million times and uh, it just. Uh, Makes you uh, makes you appreciate it when you go back and try and do it all over again. Um, it really makes you refocus and uh, and use that to your advantage while you're in uh, St. Joe, Missouri, um, in the dog days, man. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. There's one stat that I saw that uh, Next Gen Stats tweeted out, or just some uh, some facts about the absence of Charles and Menehue. Stan, tell me uh, what you think of this. Of course, he's going to miss the Super Bowl with his torn ACL. And uh, they showed that the Chiefs' defense has generated less pressure and fewer sacks despite blitzing more with the Menehue off the field this season. With him on the field, 285 dropbacks. The pressure rate's 40.5%. Off the field, 449 um, dropbacks, 36.1%. Their sack rate goes from 11.6% to 6.7 when he's off the field. Their blitz rate goes up by about 4%. And so uh, even though the record was actually better when he was out, they were 5-1 and one when he missed the first six games, clearly that's, uh, that's a, a loss because he's very versatile on the defensive line. And uh, he had that big sack and strip that caused the fumble against Lamar Jackson. Uh, how big of a loss do you think this is? We talked to Felix Enyudike Uzama yesterday, and he, we had him on the show and because uh, we recorded a bunch of different interviews with Chiefs players, and he was one of them. We talked to him and how excited he is about getting this opportunity to step up and play in the Super Bowl. So he'll be one of the factors that uh, the Chiefs hopefully can rely on to help fill the gap left by many of you. But... Uh, that's that's the one thing that I think could have some people nervous about the defense. Noah Menehue because he's been so good. Seven sacks in eleven games in the regular season. Uh, I think he's a legitimate factor. Uh, a real loss. The guy does an, an NFL worthy job of putting pressure from his side of the field. Karlofkis will fight and claw, but he doesn't have the escapability that Menehue has to beat that guy at that critical moment and just get a half-step more pressure or a sack. And it just makes Chris Jones much better because what the Chiefs do so well that other teams don't do as well is when they collapse the pocket, they do it in tandem where there's no escapability. The Lamar Jacksons look like they're stuck in a hole when he is the fastest guy, a guy who could scramble. Why didn't he run and beat the Chiefs all game long? It's because the Chiefs' pressure comes from everywhere somewhat equally. There's a pattern, there's a reason, but a many who adds that spice to the meal. You know, he can you know what Chris Jones is gonna do. Right. They're gonna put two guys on him and sometimes he's gonna split those two guys and just cause unbelievable havoc. But if they get him in the middle and he starts making his push, he's not gonna give up. But who is going to force the quarterback off of his spot? It's a Menehu. It's not Karlofkis. Karlofkis will be there for the second wave, or if you try to scramble, he'll have his perfect leverage outside arm available. The Chiefs are so disciplined. Spagnola's ability to pre-snap give false reads to the quarterback are off the charts. Best in the NFL. Post-snap, 
the plan that he has is so intricate. When they're blitzing, they're not just trying to run through and go back and hit the quarterback. They know where they're supposed to go in relationship to where everyone else is so that you might not be the guy that gets the sack. Someone else will. Amenhi makes a big difference in that. He's a big piece of that puzzle. If you just think of it, a cup, like four or five people coming back toward the quarterback with a no-escape room, uh, he's able to do that. So, yeah, I do think that's a step backwards for the Chiefs. And I think if you look back to last year's season, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, right? The defense was better at the second half of the year. The guys who are rookies grew up. But the one thing that you talk about the Chiefs, number one, is say, well, they don't always stop the run. Number two, you say they don't always cause the quarterback havoc. They don't sack the quarterback and, and cause as much havoc as some other teams because they don't have an elite pass rusher who just blows everything up. But they do get it done at that elite level with the men who in there. So, yeah, I would say that if you talk about injuries and who we're thinking about with the Chiefs, he would be the number one on my list that I wish he were available. We've got Stan Weber in studio. We're going to break down the Super Bowl, continue to break it down over the next hour. Later on, we'll play some more of those Chiefs interviews. Creed Humphrey, uh, Rasheed Rice, Justin Reed, Noah Gray. We'll uh, replay some of the Nick Bolden and the King Felix interviews. All that good stuff between now and 9 o'clock. And then Todd Lebo is going to join us live from Las Vegas. Tim Grenhardt will join us on the phone uh, between now and 10 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.